Hello and welcome to the First Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. We're glad you joined us this week. First Lutheran Church lives by the mission statement, called by the Spirit, we serve Christ, sharing God's love with all. And we are glad to share this good news with you this week. We're able for our gospel acclamation. On the day of his ascension, Jesus leaves his disciples with a commission, a blessing, and a promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high." Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Invite the congregation to be seated. Invite the children up. If you've brought a noisy offering, you can bring that too. Did you bring a noisy offering? Nope. Okay, then have a seat here. I'm going to invite Brecken up. She's one of the counselors from Tomashinga. And Brecken, I'm going to give you this microphone. It's going to take a second. I'm, we're going to, this is for you guys, but also all the kids that worship with us online. Here, Brecken, have a seat. They are probably interested about Camp Tomashinga too. And so I wanted Brecken to give us a little, some insight about what we can expect to see at camp. So first of all, Brecken, what's your favorite part about camp? Okay, well, personally, my favorite part is hanging out with the kids, but you know, um, you make relationships, you make friendships, you meet people from all over. We have kids that come from camp to camp from everywhere. And so it's so fun to meet all kinds of different kids. There's canoeing and kayaking. You get to go on hikes, and there's swimming, and we do all sorts of stuff. Big group games, those are so fun. It's a bunch of different games. We do a lot of really fun stuff at camp. It's so much fun. So it's something you get to stay over, <clears throat> stay overnight at, it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You stay there for a week. You get to play all sorts of games and just have so much fun all week. It's so fun. So, <clears throat> Brecken, what ages are, is camp usually uh, designed for? 
Okay, so we have family camp, which is when actual families come out. And so that doesn't matter how old you are because the parents would be there. And so family camp is really awesome. If you have like, you know, if you're like a grandparent and you want to take your grandkids, that's a great opportunity to spend time with the family in like a kind of fun outdoor setting. Um, we have a camp for first grade and up all the way through. So we have um, camp for kids uh, from first grade all the way to high school. So you can be a senior all the way to first grade. Um, and then our counselors each will um, basically be chosen each week which um, age they'll have. And um, so you get to spend time with all of us. There's more of us, but um, yeah, you get to spend time. The, camp, the counselors will get to hang out with us all week, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So we probably need to pack sunscreen and bug spray, right? Yes, lots, lots, um, of lots of bug spray. There is definitely bugs out there, but um, it's really cool because you're in the forest, basically. It's like you're, you're really in the outdoors. It's like, it's unique. It doesn't really feel like you're in Kansas. That's what I always say because it's just, a, it's a beautiful place. It's so beautiful. Like I haven't, I had never been to camp until I worked at camp last summer. And so getting to go there and be a part of that and seeing what it's about was really awesome. So Awesome. Well, Brecken, is there anything else you might want to tell families or kids that would be interested in coming to camp? Um, I think that it's just, I mean, you know, I think Haley said it best when she talked about how getting out of your boat, how we have to get out of our boat too. You know, last summer I had never been to camp before. And um, it's just a magical place. And it really does help you disconnect from social media and all of the kind of toxicity that comes with that. And um, it lets you grow closer to God in a different kind of way through nature. You get to see God in nature and it's, it's really beautiful, so. Awesome, yeah. thank you Brecken. Before you all leave, let's say a prayer. And uh, there's lots of different prayers and ways to pray that I've learned at camp. And I don't know if there's like, one of the ways I remember learning to pray at camp is a whisper prayer. And where you whisper into your hands, I can't whisper off microphone. <laughs> and then you, you send it up to heaven. Sometimes there's things we only want God to know about. Uh, so, but today, let's pray like this. Let's fold our hands like this and point all our fingers up to heaven and uh, say our prayer to God. So, repeat after me. Good morning, God. Good morning, Good morning God. God. Thank you for creation. Thank you for creation. Thank you for all people. Thank you for all people. And thank you for loving me. And thank you for loving me. Amen. Amen. You all can head back to your seat and thank Brecken for coming up too. Okay, head to your seat. Okay. It really is a treat. I want to make sure my headset is on and not this. It's sounding a little strange. Just want to make sure we're okay. Um, I, I want to say thank you to the Tomashinga uh, folks for coming. And we have the Tomashinga, uh, the, the, the veteran Tomashinga counselor, Tyler Price, who's here this globetrotter, um, one of the, a, a member of our church who we love and have supported, and he's been doing Tomashinga training, so he's here not wearing purple, but, but sporting his colors of 
his school where he's getting his PhD. So yay for having Tyler back this week too. So um, a practice that I do sometimes in small groups is I open with an invitation for everyone to share uh, in one to three words how they are feeling. Yes, I'm a touchy-feely person, and so I appreciate this exercise, but we all feel something. Uh, some of us just wear it on our sleeves. So I wonder how you are feeling right now. We all entered into this holy space of worship and prayer today with plenty of feelings or questions on our shoulders and in our hearts. Did you know the number one reason people leave the faith? The number one question is, why did God let this happen? Or why do the innocent suffer? It was so, so alarming to see that new poster that Westboro Baptist made for this week. Although, it, unfortunately, it probably was made before this week. God sent the shooter. We hear these messages, and it causes people to question who God is and what God does. Why do the innocent suffer? Well, after uh, this week, you may have wondered something like this. Why do the innocent suffer, or why does God let things like this happen? Or maybe you've heard that question from other people. We see this confusion and anger toward a divine being in our circles and throughout the Bible. In the Psalms, we hear words of frustration. Psalm 35 reads, How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from the, these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Or maybe you've heard the comment, it all happens for a reason, or it's all part of God's plan. These statements are meant to offer comfort, but is it really comfort to know that something like job loss is part of God's plan? There is a philosophy or theology called predeterminism. It suggests that all things that happen, all of them are predetermined by God. When you stub your toe, or when a tornado strikes, or when a car accident happens, or when a shooter opens fire on a group of people. All events, good and bad, those cruel even, inhumane events throughout history, are written into a script by God. That's what predeterminism is. It's suggesting that it's all part of God's plan, things like COVID, or economic downturns or suicide, or homelessness. No, this is not a comfort to know that God sits by as the director reading some script that he wrote, watching it play out. And how would I, as a faith leader, ask someone to turn to God for comfort if it's that God who's responsible for that pain, or anguish, or disaster? But when we read the Bible carefully, when we look at the whole of Scripture, we see that this is not the God that we find. God is consistently telling us to act in ways that are merciful and just. What is the will of God? 
that we do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with God? What is the command of God to love God and our neighbor, to forgive and welcome the outcast? And anything that is inconsistent with that is not in God's plan. And in the Bible, we read that uh, those heroes of the faith, those beloved by God, are the ones who are struggling. And it is God who comes to rescue them, who comes to protect them from harm, to restore them, to bring them from harm's way, even when they resist it. Because God's ultimate plan for us is prosperity, to give us a future with hope. Now, I don't follow Christ because I think he's an insurance policy that's going to guarantee nothing bad will happen to me. I don't read the Bible and tithe and pray every day so that I'll live to be a hundred. I follow and believe and trust that no matter where life leads me, I will not be alone. Scripture reads, uh, from Isaiah we read, When you pass through the flood waters, I will be with you. Not if, but when. When you pass through the fire, I will be with you. Not if, but when. And when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear, because God is with us. God comes to us, pulls us from the chains that binds us, and restores our broken pieces with an indescribable love that comes from sacrifice and brings life. About uh, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, I went to Jerusalem and visited the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. And at that time, there had been a lot of war and fighting happening between Palestine and Israel. And uh, there was broken glass everywhere. Uh, buildings, windows, lots, lots of places were uh, destroyed, at least in some way. And uh, part of the ministry of the Church of the Nativity was that they made and sold ornaments made from those broken pieces of glass. And so uh, after walking through the church and having a service and admiring the beauty and the holiness of that place, they left and uh, there was a perpetual Christmas tree that sat um, at, the, at the exit and on there were a number of different ornaments and I chose the butterfly. A butterfly, that symbol of life from death, of beauty from less than that. It was an ornament that was a, a reminder that the sinful ways of people do not triumph over God. Because God can and will create something new in each of us from our deepest valleys. So this past week, again, our country is found grieving an act of vile hatred and evil. A shooter entered into an elementary school, Rob Elementary School, and shot and killed 19 kids and two teachers. Now, I can't say that it's unimaginable because I have imagined it with my kids, with Lucas and Sam and Charlie. And I know I'm not alone in that practice. We've heard stories from things that took place inside, stories from survivors. You may have heard about the 11-year-old girl who took blood that was not her own and wiped it on her face and, act, and played dead 
to save herself. I am feeling today helpless and angry. I'm not a parent preparing funeral plans or a teacher with life-changing memories of her classroom, but we are all weighed down today with lots of different feelings of frustration or fear or confusion or worry. And like a cart that when weighed down, it gets stuck in the muck, we often, when we are weighed down, find ourselves stuck in the valley. Well, this weekend, we recognize the ascension of our Lord. We have this banner here that was made especially for this day, this celebration. This is the day that Christ's physical body leaves the earth. And we are to continue no longer in Christ's footsteps, but make our own. We are to do God's will of justice, mercy, and love. We are to help those who cannot help themselves or who are burdened with crippling pain, physical and emotional. So as Christians who serve a God who has ascended, who is not physically here, how can we respond to the violence we witnessed this week at an elementary school? How can we respond to the many crises or events in our world that cause people to ask, why do the innocent suffer? What can we even do? Well, there are a few practical things we can do as involved, engaged Christians who are in this world, but not of it. One is we can be informed. We can seek out reputable, unbiased information about violence or homelessness or fair housing or any of the issues that weigh us down. The second thing we can do is listen. Listen to each other to those in pain, to those impacted by crisis or disaster. Listen with the goal to learn and communicate about sourced facts with compassion and respect. And the third thing we can do is kind of like what the counselor said. We can get out of our boat and go and do something. Plant a tree. Become a big brother or big sister and mentor a kid in our community. Serve on a church committee. Train to be a Stephen minister. Donate to the Lutheran disaster relief. There are so many ways for us to be involved, engaged Christians who are in this world, but not of it. The ascension means God's physical presence is no longer found on earth in Jesus, but instead it's found in you. The comfort you offer, that's God working through you. The time you volunteer and the people you help, that's God working through you. The mission you all do at Tomashinga, that's God working through you. The compassion and respectful conversations or disagreements we have, that's God's peace working through you. And it may be hard to do, but we do not do it alone. And when we are weighed down, we have a God who carries the load for us who are weary and heavy laden. 
I have a, our, our prayer cross that I've brought back into the sanctuary. And the uh, ribbons have different meanings. And uh, I will write those in the bulletin for next week. But some of the ribbons are colored and they represent people who have been diagnosed with cancer this year. Uh, the millions in our, in our world that will be diagnosed with cancer this year. Uh, the, the yellow ribbons represent those who have completed suicide. The orange ribbons represent the 365 people in our community that are homeless. And the dark blue ribbons are ribbons that I'm going to invite you all to tie onto the cross. You see some blue already, that's from last night's worship service. But let those be an opportunity for you to let go of some of the burdens that weigh you down. Some of the frustrations or some of the sorrow, some of the grief about anything in our world. And there is a lot. Because if we hold on to it all of ourselves, we will stay stuck in the valley and will not be able to move forward. Because Christ is there, ready to pull us out. Another part of the story of Peter and Jesus, Peter walking on the water, is he had faith to go out and take those steps, but he eventually lost faith and fell. But Christ was right there, with his arm extended to this person who tried to help pull him out when he didn't, couldn't do it himself. And so that's what we as Christians are called in this very complex time to do, to turn to Christ, to give all of our worries and struggles and frustrations, and to listen to one another. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray that these words and message inspired you in your faith journey as you grow with God. We would love to see you at worship, either online via Facebook Live or in person at 1234 Southwest Fairlawn Road at 5 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sundays. God loves you, and so do we.